Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Life is full of awesome what-ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. An Erio's original. I was born with a special gift. The ability to mentally transform any situation into the worst case scenario in my own Brain. My therapist calls my gift catastrophizing. And that's why I'm uniquely qualified to scrutinize and analyze history's greatest disasters and find out who's to blame. They say history repeats itself. Not on my watch. My name is Rebecca Delgado Smith, and I am the alarmist. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to The Alarmist, a comedy podcast where we talk about history's greatest tragedies and figure out who's to blame. Today we're discussing the feud between Queen Elizabeth I and Mary, Queen of Scots. Here's what you need to know. In the mid-16th century, two cousins were born into British royalty, and along with them, a passionate, storied rivalry with a legacy that lives on to this day. Queen Elizabeth I was born in 1533 to Henry VIII and Anne Boleyn, the disgraced queen who was executed on charges of treason by her own husband when Elizabeth was only three years old. Elizabeth was seen as illegitimate after her mother's execution and lived her young life at the mercy of the changing whims of her father. After his death, she was third in line to succeed the throne behind her brother and sister, and only eligible in the event that neither had a living heir. Mary Stuart, better known as Mary, Queen of Scots, 
was born a few years after her cousin Elizabeth in 1542, the only surviving legitimate child of King James V of Scotland. She acceded the throne at the tender age of six days old, following the death of her father. In a once unthinkable scenario, Elizabeth became the new Queen of England when her only brother and older sister died without a living heir in 1558. In response, Henry II of France, who was by this time Mary Stuart's father-in-law, declared his son and daughter-in-law the rightful Queen of England and Ireland. His reason being that the Catholics of Europe still saw Elizabeth as illegitimate. Despite the fact that Mary had not initiated this move on the part of her father-in-law, her acceptance and pursuit of the throne immediately solidified her as a rival in Elizabeth's eyes, a perspective she would never be able to reverse. Elizabeth went on to punish 16-year-old Mary by refusing to allow her safe passage from France back to Scotland after the death of her first husband, Francis II. Five years later, Mary married her second husband, the closest heir to the Scottish and English thrones, Lord Darnley, who also happened to be a fellow cousin to both women. Little did Mary know that Elizabeth had maliciously arranged what turned out to be a disastrous marriage to Lord Darnley, a drunk womanizer who ended up murdering Mary's secretary, David Rizzio, in a fit of jealous rage. The following year, after the birth of their son, James, Darnley himself was murdered. And only three months after his death, Mary made the ill-fated decision to marry the man who had been accused, though ultimately acquitted, of murdering Darnley. This third marriage to an equally irrational and ill-tempered man proved in Elizabeth's eyes that Mary was incapable of independent rule. Public opinion mirrored Elizabeth's, but Mary showed no reverence for the collective pleas for caution and deliberation. Mary's subsequent downfall was swift. After being publicly shamed in the streets of Edinburgh, visibly pregnant and abandoned by her third husband, she miscarried their twins. She was later forced to abdicate the Scottish throne and imprisoned at Loch Leven Castle. Mary made one escape to England, hoping to rally enough support from Elizabeth to possibly regain the throne. Instead, Elizabeth placed her under house arrest, consigning her to 11 years of imprisonment. In 1586, Elizabeth discovered that Mary was involved in a plot to assassinate her in order to regain the throne. Mary was tried for treason and Elizabeth subsequently signed her cousin's death warrant. On February 8, 1587, Mary Queen of Scots uttered a string of final prayers before an executioner took three strikes to her head with an axe. Her severed head was raised up like a bloody prize while the executioner shouted, God save the queen. Fun facts, aka death stats. Mary, Queen of Scots, was married three times. She had one son with her second husband, who would later become King James VI. Elizabeth I remained unwed and childless for the duration of her reign. It took three blows of the axe to sever Mary's head, and it was reported that her lips carried on moving for 15 minutes afterward. Alison Weir describes how the executioner then picked up Mary's head by the hair, as was custom, but that her cap fell off along with a red wig, revealing that Mary's real hair was gray and short. Despite their 25-year feud, the cousins never met face to face. 
with us today, we have producer Clayton Early. Hello, everyone. Fact checker Chris Smith. Hi. And our very special guest is writer, comedian, Kate Duffy. Hi, Kate. Hi. Hi. Uh, I'm so excited to have you on for such a juicy episode. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. I learned a lot. have a lot of questions. I'm bringing them to the table. <laughs> Perfect. I mean, okay, but I, I'm, we're going to have to jump right in because there's a lot to cover. Um, but before we do that, I want to start off the show. This is something we always do. We always ask our guests, what is something that's recently alarming you? What is something that is keeping you up at night? Oh, gosh, everything around the climate climate change keeps mm. me up at night on the daily. And because I click, I panic click on so many climate related articles, my news is almost 100% curated to climate. So when I talk <laughs> to people, I'm like, why doesn't anybody else know this? It's because nobody's <laughs> getting that news because they're not anxiety right. clicking through it like I am. So that's what I worry about the most, actually. The algorithm is actually ruining our mental health. Yes. Because we don't need, you don't need those, that many articles about the, we know it's, it's all screwed up. We know, and we know, (laughs) we already know, and we need to obviously get legislation passed and we need people in office who are going to, you know, who believe that climate change is real, obviously. And then beyond that, like, what are you going to do? Like, you know, you got your grocery bags, you got your reusable water bottles. The more you know, the more you stress. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, Rebecca, you, this may have just been the therapy I needed today because you're correct. <laughs> I I don't need to know anything more because I really do feel like I have a pretty good vibe about where things are headed and going. Um, yeah. You know, maybe updates now would be good instead of a deep yeah. that, a constant anxiety. Yeah, is, is there a fire coming my way? Okay, yeah. then then you should know that. There are a group of people who still need to be convinced, and that's what that news is for. Yeah, and I, you're not one of those you, people. <laughs> you're right. I'm so convinced. They have done a really good job. I'm convinced. It's like I'm in. the preacher. The preacher is preaching to the choir. And you're on the outside of the church, like begging to be let back into the choir, even though you've taken all the choir classes and you've graduated choir school. Yeah. Something something like that. Well, okay. And, you know, climate change was something that uh, Queen Elizabeth and Mary Queen of Scots did not have to worry about back then. Never had to worry about it. They were not getting that news. No, no alerts. (laughs) But they would have gotten many alerts about you know, people who were trying to dethrone them. If, if you know, if, if they had phones, if they had, you know, whatever, you know, news outlets on their phone, um, it would have been like another plot uncovered, you know, trying to, you know, get out, get rid of Queen Elizabeth because that was a big thing at the time. And, you know, family drama, if you, if you, oh, we all have family it. drama, right? Ain't but it the truth. Yes. It, ain't it the truth, <laughs> right? But... Nothing compares to this kind of family drama. Right. So you're welcome, everyone. Yeah. We can all give a hug to our sisters and this cousins. Is, <laughs> yes. This is heavy cousin drama, too. I have cousins that are like my siblings, so I'm really tight with them. Um, there's a lot going on with the cousin situation. 
Right. Crazy if you had the power to like imprison your cousin if they weren't being <laughs> acting appropriate, right? I might threaten that the next time we're on together. What if yeah. you shall be imprisoned by the end of this trip? <laughs> that I, would be a fun game. I will say that though that I do I am very competitive with my brothers and cousins more so than I am with uh any old somebody else, like friends mm-hmm. or even, you know, uh, you know, you play a pickup basketball game. I, I don't really care about those wins and losses, but I'll tell you, I really care about the wins and losses against my cousins. I've got a lot of them and I know who's got, you know, we all know who has advantages over each other. We play a lot. There's a lot of head games being played. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I totally get the I get the vibe that the, com- the competition sort of gets ratcheted up when yeah. it comes to family. So yeah. I want to start off by, you know, giving a, an account of the execution of Mary Queen of Scots, because this one is, you know, just warning people out there, it's very graphic, as are many of the, as is much of the content on this podcast. (laughs) Um, But this one is very graphic. And I'm just going to read through this article called The Brutal Execution of Mary Queen of Scots on the Washington Post. And here's some excerpts. The doomed queen approached the black draped stage on which she was scheduled to die. Eyes straight ahead, back rigid and head high, she paused at the foot of the steps leading to the scaffold. Her once magnificent looks had faded with age and years of imprisonment, but she still radiated royal dignity. The man who for so long had been her jailer offered his hand to assist her ascent. Thank you, sir, she said, according to a historical account of the day. This is the last trouble I shall ever give you. That's what she said to her jailer. According to a contemporary report, a man suddenly emerged from the crowd, saying, I am the Dean of Peterborough, he shouted. It is not too late to embrace the true faith. Ye, the reformed religion, which hath Mary taken aback, interrupted him calmly, saying, Good Mr. Dean, trouble not yourself any more about this matter. I was born in this religion, have lived in this religion, and resolved to die in this religion. Well, her big push was that, not to cut you off, but Catholicism was a big player here, right? Right. And sort of uh, Anne was, uh, she was on the sort of side of the the Catholics who believed that, I guess, Elizabeth didn't deserve the throne because she was a woman. Uh, Illegitimate. Anne who? Uh, yeah, illegitimate. Illegitimate. You mean Mary? Mary, sorry, not Anne. Sorry, whoopsie. <laughs> Wrong cousin. <laughs> um, yes, she she religion played a big part because you know Henry the Eighth had taken uh, Catholicism off the table so he could marry Anne Boleyn. Right, 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 right. right, right. Um, we know that story. We know that. So we'll continue, and we're going to talk about religion soon. As the dean continued his exhortation, Mary turned away and prayed quietly in Latin. The executioner stepped forward and knelt before her. Forgive me, he said. She said, I forgive you and all the world with all my heart. (laughs) She answered with a smile, for I hope this death will make an end to all my troubles. Jeez. That's the idea. Rising, the the executioner offered to help her disrobe in preparation for the axe. I mean, this is like, you know you're going to die, but it's just like, it's taking so long, (laughs) so many steps. Mm -hmm. So polite, too. I mean, you would have to drive me (laughs) kicking and screaming. I would not have been like straight back, head up. Thank you, sir. None of that would have been happening. (laughs) I would have been like, this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. You know when you're like, Mark when you take 
if you guys have dogs, you try to take them into a vet and they like put the hard brakes on, like, and start yes, to do like yes, that thing into yes. the crowd. That would have been me. Yep. It would have taken more than one executioner. It wouldn't have been dignified. <laughs> Ma'am, that's this what way. the crowd probably wanted. <laughs> so, okay. Rising, the executor helped disrobe her in preparation for the axe. Declining politely, Mary turned instead to her ladies-in-waiting for assistance. They unbuttoned her black gown, revealing a vibrant crimson one. Her veil and headdress were removed and set on a nearby stool. She's wearing red, too, because uh, crimson was the color of martyrs, so she dressed in red. Mm. Nice. Someone, uh, yeah, nice. Uh, someone led the queen to the block and helped her kneel on the cushion before it. Ugh. She reached out, groping for the block, and placed her neck on it. The executioner raised his axe and swung. To his horror, he missed, merely grazing the queen's head. So she got a haircut first. Mm. <laughs> I mean, he has Jeez. one job. One I job. <laughs> Seriously. Oh, my God. Well, wasn't it a common practice, too, to tip your executioner? Yes. Like, you'd get them, you'd, you'd slip them really? uh, some money so that they would do a clean job, so that they wouldn't Jeez. do just that. Yes. And Oof. sometimes if you were high, if, the, you know, very esteemed higher up, they would pay, like, a specialty swordsman to kill you. Yeah, right. But, oh, if, but for her, they just got the... They the got regular uh, axe guy. Br blind Bruno. <laughs> well, in all fairness, he's, he was probably really he's nervous. He's got rheumatoid he's... arthritis and a bad back. <laughs> he's like, all right, Super I'll, I'll use the big... <laughs> <laughs> Did not have a chance to Wrong. sharpen that. No, no yeah. Profession really died out. <laughs> yeah. He's got a stein and beer stein in one hand. He's kind of just like... Just enjoying the just enjoying the crowd, you know, interacting with people. He's like, yeah, I got this, no problem. So he's probably nervous too because he's he's murdering a queen. So yeah, that's right. not a that's Pressure's not nothing. On, right. Okay, sweet Jesus, she was heard groaning quietly as the axe was lifted again. This time, it nearly severed her neck from her body. Angry and exasperated. The executioner sawed through the remaining flesh. What? Oh God! I know. Where the did head the saw come away. from? What? No, what he with the axe. He used oh. the axe. No, he didn't use the serrated knife. Oh, he used <laughs> the head rolled away while the body fell on its back, bleeding. God save the queen. God save Queen Elizabeth, the executioner shouted as he grasped the severed head by the hair and raised it to the crowd. I'm suddenly, I'm surprised the idiot got the name right. <laughs> suddenly, it fell and rolled away the head, Oops. leaving in his hand only a red wig. Onlookers oh, gasped, God. saying the gray-haired head suddenly old, facing them, lips still moving. Whoa. I mean, intense. And then it gets even worse. The executioner lifted the queen's dress to remove her garters, his time-honored prerogative, but was startled as a small dog emerged from the folds. Mary's pet, Geddon, had hidden in the dress. <gasps> oh. <laughs> what? It goes on. Geddon rushed to the corpse and circled, confused and Aww. distraught. The dog began mm. to howl. 
the Protestant dean who had confronted Mary leaped up to the platform and pushed the dog's face into the pool of blood. Quote, remember what John Knox prophesied about the dogs drinking her blood, he yelled. Drink, you cur. But Geddon, the dog, resisted, instead nice. sinking his teeth into the dean's hand. What became of Geddon mm, remains mm-hmm. unknown. <laughs> I mean, Jeez. wow. Bloody, brutal. Brutal, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, this was commonplace, I guess. I mean, it's not every day that a queen was murdered or executed. But people would gather to, like, I, I often think about these public executions, and it was just common for people to gather and watch it. Like, yes. th- there's nothing in me that has any desire to go to any type of public execution. I don't, I don't know what the draw was. Well, there's there. not many you can go to these days, Clayton, unfortunately. Thank God. <laughs> Um, but just brutal. Wow. So I, I, this idea of the executioner takes off the garter. That is a very odd practice. Yes. What is that? I'm kind of curious. I'm going to look that up. Yeah. Is a garter what we, what is a garter is my question. Isn't that the thing that you're supposed to pull off at the wedding or (laughs) whatever? I'm thinking about. That's what I'm thinking. It's like who, what's its practical purpose? Yes. Garner removal at this point. <laughs> That's how the tradition started. It was like <laughs> uh, at the wedding, at weddings. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I don't know. Right. Chris is going to look up what the more the brides should start hiding dogs in their wedding dresses. I, I love that part of the story. <laughs> that dog was like not ready to not, depart. No. Dogs are the best. And also, I love that. He, yeah, so loyal. And he bit the you know, freaking uh, Protestant guy who was uh, trying to convert her Geddon? in the last get. No, no, Geddon was the dog. So while Chris oh, is oh. looking up Garter, let's put religion up on the board for this. Okay. Now, this is from Smithsonian Magazine. From the beginning of her reign, Elizabeth, Elizabeth was keenly aware of her tenuous hold on the crown. As a Protestant, she faced threats from England's Catholic faction, which favored a rival claim to the throne, that of Mary the Catholic Queen of Scots, over hers. In the eyes of the Catholic Church, Elizabeth was the illegitimate product of an unlawful marriage, while Mary, the paternal granddaughter of Henry VIII's older sister, Margaret, was the rightful English heir. So this is what Chris was talking about earlier, um, where religion kind of really... This is, this is the time. This is the time where religion was really breaking this family apart. And really, and all religion of is like at its peak, right? Like this. Is I guess, in all fairness, religion isn't religion like... still doing that? Isn't it just tearing <laughs> yeah, us for all sure. apart? <laughs> yes. Yep. No knock on religion. I respect anyone. You know, of course, let's have our our beliefs. Of course, do whatever you want to do. But you know, when it becomes politics or it becomes like how you rule, it gets problematic. Yeah. Right, because it's based on belief. So it's like, well, I just believe I'm the one who's entitled to be in a position of leadership. It's like, why? Because <laughs> you just say your God is better? Like, what is that based on? You know? Yeah. And isn't that, I mean, wasn't it in the, I'm really going to show my history knowledge here. Uh, but in the, when we declared this country a country um, in our revolution, wasn't that part of our when we created all the government around it was a separation of church and state, which I know we have, but it wasn't it at the very founding of this gov- uh, of our government. Yeah, f- freedom yeah. of religion. And, and I feel like absolutely 
this is um, perhaps uh, way far down the road if we keep going in the direction, but I feel like there is this weird right now in society, more religion is starting to influence our politics and it's scary. Mm. I mean, I'm not saying we're close to this by any means, but I feel like it's still like we have a clear cut or supposed to have a clear cut, like no religion is to inform our government or our laws. Mm hmm. But it just trickles back in, you, yeah. you know, and things go f- full circle, which is is really scary. I don't think we'll get back to this place. I hope not. <laughs> but I am sorry to cut you guys off, but I am reading about executioners and I've, I've totally blacked out on this conversation because <laughs> did, in, in medieval executioners mm-hmm. were they were like cast, they were lower cast of society, right? They were sort of, mm-hmm. uh, they lived on sort of the fringes of common good society because it was, they didn't want like a normal good person, quote unquote, good person to do the execute executing or whatever. So they were also sort of in charge of all these weird things. Like, um, they could charge lepers, uh, like they, they were, they were basically pimps for prostitutes where wow. they would, they could, you know, any kind of dealings that were sort of seen as sort of a lower class. They would sort of take care of. They would take care of stray dogs and kill. Oh, uh, pe- if people had pigs in if in France in certain times in medieval, they like citizens couldn't have pigs, so the executioner would like take them and kill them. And people would drop off dead carcasses at their place to like rent for them to render in any kind of That's way a they rough want. Profession. To it was go we- into. it was weird, yeah. but I just think it, it gives a little insight on what this guy was like. We're probably talking about the executioner yeah, too much. We're... Should we put him up on the board? Yeah, I mean, he did the deed. <laughs> Chris, I'm wondering, do all executioners wear um, the cloak over their head? Do they wear like a creepy... Cloak over their head. Jeez. All right. I'll let me get into that too. Every time I see an executioner in the movie, he looks terrifying because he's got a weird Mm -hmm. helmet that you can't see his face. I mean, just terrifying. Very Grim Reaper-esque. Yeah. Um, while Chris is looking up the wardrobe, uh, you know, uniforms for executioners, <laughs> let's put William Cecil, Elizabeth's advisor, up on the board. Tell me. This is from historian John Guy. Uh, says, Elizabeth did not want to sign Mary's death warrant. Elizabeth believed that she was responsible for Mary's death. She would, uh, she would, if she was responsible for Mary's death, she would weaken the monarchy. What Elizabeth wants to do is see Mary dispatched by her jailer by some being smothered or somehow killed in the night, essentially by a private person, but not the subject of an execution by a royal warrant. So Elizabeth essentially was like, went up to the jailer and was like, can you just kill her? And the jailer apparently was like, no, I'm not going to do that. So forcing Elizabeth to then have to sign the warrant for her death and Mm. putting it, you know, now the blood's on her hands, right? Professor Sue Doran of Oxford University said, Cecil was totally opposed to Mary succeeding Elizabeth because she was a Catholic, but also because he felt that Mary was making unwise decisions, that she had foreign Catholic friends who might also be used to impose Catholicism on England, and later on, because he believed she was an adulteress and possibly a murderer. So for all of these reasons, they were there were clashes between Elizabeth and William Cecil over what to do about Mary. They had a serious disagreement in the 1580s as to whether or not Mary should be put on trial and executed for treason. You could say Cecil or, or Cecil. I always say that wrong. Cecil or Cecil manipulated Elizabeth <laughs> in that when she signed the death warrant and said that it should 
not be implemented. Uh, Cecil ignored her and immediately sent the death warrant off to fathering Hay. He made sure that it was implemented. When that happened, Elizabeth was furious with Cecil. So tricky. He was tricky. He wanted to get it done. Now, again, this is also what the palace or, you know, put out or this was the official thing like oh elizabeth didn't want to sign it she was tricked by you know cecil uh she she had signed it because she did admit to signing the death warrant but she she didn't actually want it to be sent over to be used she just like wanted it signed right like get it off my desk. I'm, this is in my inbox. <laughs> yeah. No, no. She she wanted to keep it on her desk, but uh, oh. you know she didn't put it on the outbox. But she signed it and kept it in the inbox. You know. <laughs> I we're, we're we're making it confusing with the, inboxes and outboxes. The, <laughs> with the um, going back to when they thought she was like unstable and may have been a murderer. That was from the little blurb that you said. And I was sort of intrigued by that because it said that Elizabeth like was behind the scenes of getting her involved in her second husband. And it sounded so mean girlish, like Mm -hmm. somehow she manipulated her cousin into Mary, Queen of Scots into marrying some dirtbag who was then later murdered. And for the record, it was also their cousin. They were all cousins. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. By the way, so they were first cousins. But There's I think not that's one a, cousin know, I have that I would marry. I just want to put that out on the record. If that was still a for thing, the record. I just would be like, no, thanks. <laughs> I love my cousins. Not, none of them are. But, right. Th- there's something to that, though. It's like a sabotage date, sabotage blind date that Elizabeth set that up. So, mm. you you know, that sort of circles back to. Uh, so why don't we call it like uh, like a uh, mean girl, like uh, mean yeah. girl sabotage. Elizabeth, Elizabeth Sab- mean girling. <laughs> yeah. You know, and what, while we're you know at it, let's the talk movie, about mo- uh, the movie yeah. Clueless where uh, they would do those dials where I would call you Rebecca and then have uh Chris on the phone listening yes. and we do and then we talk about yes. Chris. Oh, yeah. And then Chris would, yeah. Yeah, like a double line or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, that's what I got the vibe of like how did this trickery go down that she was like, You should totally marry this guy. He's the best. <laughs> and meanwhile he's like And they never spoke, right? Cool. Yeah. Well, I think it had to do with uh, the fact that she, Mary wanted to strengthen her um, probability of sure. becoming the, the next English queen. And Elizabeth was like, if you marry this guy, your, your son will definitely be in line for the throne. You Darn, know? Darnley, right? If you marry Darnley, Darnley then, then your son and, and, potentially you i guess will be in line for the throne and so that was the the consideration apparently this guy darnley was also a handsome guy he was very handsome but he was a terrible terrible person and then so it said in that just blurb pu- that ahead. he married oh sorry he, that he married no, no. Uh, that he murdered her secretary who was a man yes Mm. Yes, let's talk like, about this. Let's put marriage up on the board. We got to put Darnley up there. We'll I put think Darnley. That, that darn Darnley we can put up there. And this is according to Vanity Fair. When Mary Stewart asserted her claim to the British throne, then occupied 
by her cousin Elizabeth I, Mary and Elizabeth, both in childbearing years, were in similarly tricky predicaments. Their monarchies would, in theory, only be secured if they married and produced heirs or named successors. Elizabeth, whose father Henry VIII had her mother Anne Boleyn executed, understandably chose to pass on these options. Mary, meanwhile opted for marriage and a baby but her husband lord darnley still in serious contention for worst husband of the millennium uh slept with her male secretary more on that later okay so this is juicy gossip uh murdered murdered said secretary in front of mary while she was pregnant and then attempted to wrest control from her the inept power maneuver set into motion an ugly sequence of succession-related events involving murder, scandal, abdication, imprisonment, and execution. Mm. So Darnley was a darn bad guy. Uh, pressure to marriage? In, 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 yes. Should we put that up on Let's the board? Let's put that up on the board. And I know that we're... Say we're, it again, we're, Chris. How do pressure you to marry, it? I guess. Pressure to marry. Pressure to marry. Okay. Let's talk about her second husband. Well, okay, let's talk. First, let's put the patriarchy up. And this is according to historian John Guy. The challenge that all female rulers faced in the male dominant patriarchal society was the minute they marry and chose a husband, then he wants to become king. So the way patriarchy works is that they then try to push their wife aside and govern as king and make their wife some sort of subordinate. And that's exactly what Darnley, Mary's husband, was trying to do. By marrying Mary... Uh, by marrying, Mary did what a monarch ought to do because she settled succession in her country. But the difficulty as a woman ruler in this time period was you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Because if you do marry and you have a son, as Mary does, paradoxically, that now means that there's a male heir in the picture and the nobles can turn against the woman ruler. So it's the stakes are high for them, to, female royals, to have a son. But once they have the son... They're putting themselves in jeopardy because then they want to get pe- nobles are like, we can kill her now. We have a, 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 right. a king. Right. So it's kind of a boss move to just be like, no, I'm not going to have kids. I'm not going to marry it. This is just my, I'm going to keep this throne yeah. deal with it. Yeah. That, and, that, and Elizabeth was upset that Mary didn't choose the same path mm. and, that, and, critis- and judged her essentially for not... Mm. For, for choosing to marry and then, again, choosing to marry poorly. But then you could say she was manipulated into this marriage by Elizabeth. So was Elizabeth really trying to get her out of the picture? And that, that other little blip you guys sent me said she had a third husband who was the murderer of Darnley, which was... I'm so glad allegedly. you brought that up. Allegedly, because that led me to believe, like, well, maybe this guy... She, because he was abusive and an alcoholic, that she did have this guy kill Darnley, and then he was her hero, and they ran off together. I mean, I'm really Ooh. leaping to a lot. Really of, speculating. I'm really yeah. speculating. No, I love the nuance of that. That's but great. Also Let's talk about this guy. Twins. Yes. Oh, so this is this guy's name is the Earl of of Bothwell. He's uh, the Mary's third husband, and I don't think it's the romantic story that you're you've invented in your head (laughs) it's not like the the lifetime movie that no (laughs) no no it sounds like he was a terrible person we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna need to switch over to fx if we're gonna want to see this story unfold we're not gonna see it on lifetime and it's not gonna see hallmark (laughs) 
<laughs> so, so this guy, this is according to historyrevealed.com. The Queen of Scots uh, uh, was Queen Elizabeth's first cousin. Okay, yeah. She married a future king of France, which we haven't even discussed, but we get it. Her second marriage was Dor- Lord Darnley, and it started off well, but his lust for power soon grew. In an attempt to claim his crown matrimonial, he stabbed Mary's friend R- Riccio during a dinner party while his six months pregnant wife was held at gunpoint. Yikes. Naturally, this broke their marriage irretrievably. (laughs) Since divorce was not an option for the Catholic queen, it was decided that Stuart be removed by any means necessary. So this guy sucked, and she's like, I got to get rid of him. The only way is to kill him. Unfortunately for him, this meant a violent death. Two barrels of gunpowder were placed beneath his bedroom, and an explosion was triggered. The blame... For the murder was laid upon the Earl of Bothwell, an advisor of the Queen, although he was later acquitted. Okay, so what happened really was that they think he was smothered by a pillow because he he didn't die from the explosion. Got it. But he he died from being smothered. So they don't know if they he was smothered before the explosion and that was used to as a cover up hmm. or after. You know, nobody okay. in this so, era is good at executions. Or murder. That's <laughs> true. Everybody so needs like three shots at it. <laughs> if you're gonna die, you're gonna die, and it's gonna be messy. That's pretty much like <laughs> I think the tagline right. of the medieval period. I'm start with a bomb. If that doesn't work, I'm gonna move to stabbing. And if I still can't get it done, I'll just smother them with a pillow. Right. <laughs> God. Oh. So. Bothwell and Mary soon married under a cloud of suspicion. Nobody would believe that the queen would marry the man who was widely believed to have killed her previous husband out of love alone. The marriage remains controversial today as it is often alleged that Bothwell raped Mary to ensure their legal union. So it was blackmail kind of. Mm. Uh, Many of of Mary's Mm. old friends turned against her and she was forced to abdicate uh, putting up a small fight in June of 1567. As she was led away, the crowd screamed that she was both an adulteress and a murderer. And for the record, that was when she last saw her child. So the child she had with uh, Darnley, uh-huh. who uh, was a baby at that point. He was, I believe, 10 months old. Uh-huh. Um, that was the last time she saw him because that's when she left um, and it eventually made her way to um, England, was put on house arrest and never saw him again. And that baby became king at 10 months old. And he would later become oh, wow. King James, the, the King James, mm. um, who would then become king of England. So what happened was that Elizabeth never let Mary be the queen, but then... Her lineage lived on. Her lineage did live on. To, it was to, to Mary's to son throne. who became queen, king Wild. of England. So she had her son with her second husband, not the first. The the okay, yes, not not the first. So that's Darnley's. That's Darnley's. Hmm. Cool. We have a million things to still uh, put up, uh, and I'll just run through these kind of quickly. Paranoia that comes with power. I mean, that's. I don't even have to explain. I was going to read some stuff, but. That's a an well. Easy that one. sort of speaks to Elizabeth going yeah. out of her way to um, make sure Mary didn't come anywhere near the throne, right? Yes. Yeah. This is our listener suggestion, and it's coming from Hannah Bothner, and she says weak male sperm. 
all Henry wanted was a male heir and having girls was disappointing. So he, uh, he treated them and their mothers like they were the worst garbage, worse than garbage. That's not, that doesn't have to do with the sperm though, like being weak, <laughs> that's right? Sexism, I would that's say. That's sexism. Sexism. <laughs> I mean, this is our, that in parentheses. <laughs> but we'll, we'll call it weak male sperm or Henry VIII's weak male sperm. But the sperm sure. isn't weak. It's just the 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 Y chromosome just happened to. Well, I think he did have weak male sperm. I guess he no, might have, right. but that should that wouldn't have been a problem in a in a a uh, feminist world, right? They would have been like, "That's fine. We have a queen. That's great. Right? Like, we don't need the queen the king." <laughs> Can I say one thing that I feel like we keep talking about that hasn't made it to the board yet is like just straight up the throne or like the monarchy. Like it seems like all of this maneuvering is about maintaining control and Mm -hmm. being in the throne. So does the throne hold some responsibility? Yes, I would agree with that. I'm going to put it up there. (laughs) And I also want to say, I think we should put up bad communication. Totally bad this is between mary and elizabeth they never met face to face throughout their 25 year rivalry so the two never met do we know this oh we're aware of this that's that insane is. that is insane I, I, they only corresponded through uh, letters. letters i lost track of how old was mary queen of scots when she was was executed 44 i believe 44 executed at what but she was 16 when she Sent her away, exiled, she was, right? She, was, she became queen at six days old Whoa. because her Elizabeth father... Did. Elizabeth did. No, no, Mary. Mary, Queen of Scots, became queen at six days old. Hmm. Her father died six days after she was born, and he was, and she had two older brothers who had died as I well. See, I see, so I she see. was the only heir left, and she became queen. Then she was... Her mother... Um, and I believe uh, a stepbrother or something uh, ran the country. They they were the ones in place while mm-hmm. she was, you know, growing up because Sucks. I've met a six day old uh, baby and I don't think they're ready to rule. Maybe not yet. No, <laughs> not a whole country. <laughs> Just a, a small <laughs> they need a little more time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah small county Maybe. start with uh yeah yeah start with the city start with baby. the mid-major city and kind of work your way up <laughs> um but she be then mary she became like you know she got married very young to the king of france or, or the the one who got was it. in line and became queen of france for a little while but then her first husband died of an ear infection like a year later which is a side wow. note. People died from ear infections. Like, yeah, taken up by an ear infection. That is a bummer. A king. I, can I just say okay, one so, really quick thing? Yeah. This is a complete tangent. But I was also um, dismayed at the fact that even back then, women felt like they had to cover their grace <laughs> and hide their age. Their grace. And lo and behold, her wig fell off and she had short gray hair. <laughs> really? Even back then, God. everybody was like, you know, I better not let anyone know like how old li- I am. 
God, that her, is terrible. Her lips were still moving when her head was off her body. She was just muttering like, now they fucking all know I have gray hair. This fucking <laughs> bullshit. Was, yeah. wig, couldn't you just hold on to the wig? <laughs> but, okay, I want to go back to bad communication oh, yeah. and make my point here. Historian John Guy po- posits in his biography of Mary that a face-to-face meeting would have alerted the fates of altered the fates of Mm. both women. If only these two women could have gotten together and had a conversation, Mm. one with the other, they could have settled their differences. If they could have liberated themselves from this conspiratorial, Machiavellian, sometimes even reptilian men who populated their courts, they could have actually done a deal. These women were the only two people on the planet at the time who knew what it was to be in the shoes of the other one. In just the last decade, letters written between Mary and Elizabeth have been discovered. Historian John Guy summarizes one letter as saying, Here we are, two laboring queens on the same island, Guy said. I always knew that these two women in their hearts could have done right by one another, but events, courtiers, and counselors got in the way. Okay. So there you go. I mean, if they had Zoom, (laughs) that wouldn't be an issue. Even a text, I mean, a phone call could have done the trick, right? Mm-hmm. There's something about human interaction or, you know, that that really softens things. Because how many times have you sent a text and you're like, oh, that came off wrong or I didn't mean that, you know, um, or an email and you like stress out about like, you know, did I come off a certain way? For some things, I think letters and emails are better for communication, but for things that like are like this, like relationships that sort of escalate and, and could be cooled off with just like a nice cup of tea and some scones. I think that would have been, would have, could have gone (laughs) a long way. Scones. They needed scones. You guys, I have to, I want to be an outlier here and say scones are never the answer. <laughs> those, those are dry and crumbly. I mean, I would, especially if okay. it's a bad scone. We'll get it. We'll get another dessert in their hands. It but, would. It would something. Could you imagine planning that menu if they finally met? Like you know, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think I would do pizza. I prob- Everyone, I loves probably pizza. would avoid scones. Actually, Kate, I think you're right. Um. Okay. I mean, is there anything else we want to throw up before we start knocking things off the board? I think we're good, right? I think we're good. Solid. So let's take a yeah. break and then we'll, uh, we'll get to it. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. 
J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all have stress and anxiety we carry around as we go about our everyday life. At The Alarmist, we know it's always better to say it out loud and talk it through. Whenever I stress about the sinking of the Titanic, I don't sit with those thoughts in a dark room. I turn on the lights and dive right into it. Therapy is a great place to get things off your chest and work through what's really going on. Maybe you can't stop spiraling or catastrophizing. I started therapy over 10 years ago and never looked back. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Heck, we sometimes change our minds and rethink the verdict at The Alarmist. And that's also okay when it comes to therapists. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com Alarmist today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Alarmist. And we're back. Hit us, Chris. Okay. Who's to blame for the feud between Elizabeth I and Mary Stuart? Religion. Executioners. William Cecil, Elizabeth's advisor. Elizabeth's mean girl ways. That darn Lord Darnley. Pressure to marry. Oh, sorry. Pressure to marry. Uh, Patriarchy. Paranoia that comes with power. Weak male sperm. (laughs) Sexism. The throne or bad communication. Really solid list. Um, What we're saying, to be clear, about weak male sperm is that at the time, people, since they didn't know how biology works, they people believed that the sperm was quote weak because a a, a female was being reproduced. They were she was having a oh no one thought that no 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 one thought that at the time (laughs) they blamed it on the woman. It was just it wasn't like oh a man could possibly be the the problem. I know I understand that, but. Uh, the, 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 you can't control. Okay. It's problematic. We won't cut. We'll just call it sexism. (laughs) (laughs) Chris is really, (laughs) well, I'm not, I'm not being focused on the sperm (laughs) issue. (laughs) Well, I'm just saying it's like if, if you have a girl, that doesn't mean your sperm is weak. It doesn't mean anything about your it, sperm. Yeah, you're right. You're saying like it's, it, there are good. It's actually if you have a girl and the sperm works. Yes, that's what I'm saying. You have a baby. Weak male sperm means you can, but you probably can have any kids, right? It's, yeah. Whether it's a boy exactly. or a girl is like kind of up to chance. Yes, yes. that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I get your point. I take your point, Chris. It makes a lot of sense. Um, Jesus. <laughs> I'll have to, you know, we'll have to get back to our alarmy member about that. Um, now, I think that we can fold paranoia that comes with power into the throne. Because that feels okay. like a similar thing. And I also think that we can... Uh, Yikes. Like pressure to marry, that feels like patriarchy, right? Mm, yeah, I'd probably roll that yeah. in there. Or, or vice versa? No. No, no, no. Yeah, that... Roll it into the patriarchy. No, I like rolling it into patriarchy. 
Now. Hmm. Uh, Executioners. That's right. We can Uh, take him out. Yeah. You can't blame them for the feud, you know, but the death, literally. Yeah. (laughs) While we're on that real quick, I did research that, Kate, for you. And the truth is that not a lot of them wore hoods. Really? Um, Hmm. Hoods were only worn if uh, they wanted to protect their identity for some reason. But in most Mm -hmm. cases, uh, what I read was that, no, there were no um, hoods on these executions. Proud and in charge. <laughs> <laughs> Look at my face as I kill. <laughs> um, I, I, what do you feel about taking religion off this one? It's a mm. tough one. Tough to take that out. Because that really is what kind of gives Mary a, even a chance to be queen, right? Is if, well, um, I just feel like that's an excuse. Like religion was like the excuse. It's like we want a yeah, Catholic. Yeah, that was Cecil's queen. excuse. Yeah, right? we don't want a Catholic queen. You know. Well, I, that that that's exactly my point. Is that like you know, if a lawyer is formulating an argument, right? They go with their best argument to, you know, uh, bring to the judge, right? And in this case, Cecil was like, "Our best chance is to play the religion card," right? And that's what led to it being such a serious problem that Elizabeth had to do something about it. I'm, I'm just realizing here that we have not put Elizabeth on the board, uh, which is a common mistake. Well, we did Elizabeth's mean girl ways. Yeah. I guess we that, that represents her. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Good. And it's kind of interesting when you marriage. think about like the religion versus I was thinking, could religion and the throne be the same? Right. But really it's, hmm. I, they're, they're pretty, pretty tied, but they're almost like competing for the power of the throne. So would the throne go into the religion? I don't know. Wow, this is really hard. Or is the hard. throne the ultimate thing? Everyone's aspiring to the throne, even the religion. Yeah, because yeah. the religion wants to control the throne, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, and the and spread its... Well, then is it really... I don't know. That's okay. I, egg kind of thing. I think the male sperm can come off right now. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's go I'm back. Tra- to I'm that. just trying to figure out things that we can take. Uh, the the yes. darn darnly. I mean, he sucked, but that also feels more like Elizabeth's mean girl ways, right? Because she kind of orchestrated yeah. that. Yeah, he's just a pawn. This was already well into the feud, right? This was a, this is something that was happening when the feud had begun, not really. Yeah, yeah. I think Chris is right. The, he is just a pawn in the, in the whole plot. Yeah. Now. Lord Earl of Both- Bothwell, which I, I he's not he, on here for some reason, oh, but we uh, we we should add him. He was more to blame than than Darnley, kind of, because he manip you know orchestrated that whole murder. He definitely well, Darnley escalated when we're talking about the feud. I guess as being the tension between Elizabeth and Mary that led to Mary's death. I think you know Darnley definitely escalated things. He was a right. pawn, but he escalated things, and Bothwell continued to escalate. Escalate. They were but they were both players. Bothwell the was drama. the one who ultimately got her kicked out of Scotland, though. Oh, okay. And sent her, you know, to England. If she had just stayed in Scotland, she might have been all right out there. If she had just like been like, Darnley's dead. Oh, well, like, uh, I have my kid. Let me just be queen of the widow queen or whatever. Pick up a set of golf clubs and away you go. You can kind of retire out there. Mm -hmm. Um, This is really hard because Cecil is also to blame. Um, Religion, the throne, 
bad communication. I think we should do what Kate said and put the thr- fold the throne into religion, right, Kate? That was a pitch I had, yeah. I, I think we should do okay. that because we just have too much. And I'm, I'll tell you where my mind's at. I'm really looking at bad communication here. Really? I'm thinking, here's where I am. I feel like the patriarchy is really to blame with a side of bad communication. I was going to say patriarchy too, because if patriarchy wants to, you know, is basically religion and the throne and they realize whoever has control controls everything. Right. And these two Mm -hmm. ladies are just being played. Right. And they're not, I mean, the patriarchy was mad at that time Two women in power. Ooh, how dare they? You know, but if only and, and, you know, it's so easy to pin them against each other, you know, and that's that's what the patriarchy does. Pins women against each other versus if they had just sat down, had a conversation and be like, you know what, girl, we're going to do this together. <laughs> you know, the patriarchy Raise women up, right? like creating bad pockets of bad communication. Yeah. And, and I think we can now, fold Cecil and Bothwell. In, uh, into the patriarchy. I mean, they're kind of the middle management of the patriarchy, I feel like. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. a fun way of thinking of that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, I also think it could be like part of Elizabeth's broader strategy to not have met Mary, right? Like, I mean, any kind of credibility. Yeah, but that the, she they were in her ear. I understand that, it. but ultimately she's the decision maker, right? I mean, if mm-hmm. we are to believe that she is. Um, really in charge, which, you know, she I, was, she seemed yeah. to be, I mean, she, in all other aspects of history, right. Elizabeth was like known as a very like, um, you know, uh, renowned and powerful ruler. She was strategic, strategic well. in lots of ways and all that. So you got to think she's, even though somebody's giving her advice, she's obviously that she's the decision maker. And so yeah. my, sure. I'm just thinking, you know, Elizabeth could be, yeah. um, like I almost want to credit Elizabeth in a way yeah. with keeping keeping Mary on like never never letting Mary kind of get the credibility that she uh, could have gotten had she made us some kind of triumphant return or had some kind of uh, you know meeting with Elizabeth. I don't know. So I, I just think that could also be Elizabeth's mean girl ways, but I know. It so it makes me think that it. that's that then it's Elizabeth really who's to blame. Because if she could have extended the olive branch or whatever. Mm, right. Understanding the patri- patriarchy, she could have broken the cycle. And in a way, if she's yeah, because it seems like she did understand it. in a, a male dominated world, right? She's got a lot of power. She's mm-hmm. a strategic ruler. You know, she gets a lot of credit for a lot of the things that she did. It, you know, it's almost her, her railing, you know, her trying to keep that power in a world that's trying to take it away from her. Yeah. yeah and, and that to me is not her fault. You know, it's, it's really more yeah. the society she's been th- thrown in and is having to work around. Yeah. Something else to think about too. And I don't know if this is like a defensive patriarchy or, or, or anti, but I mean, their feud <laughs> was famous, right? But Clayton's there was defending like, patriarchy. Like already, no, no, no. I'm. Not, I don't know. I don't think I'm defending. No, what no, I mean no. Is, I'm kidding. There's other feuds, right? Like men who are enthroned felt also challenged by other male challenges to the throne, right? So it's like, of course, it's not like this was just because. I mean, uh, maybe not, but I'm. 
guessing that it's not just because these were two women. Maybe it got more publicity because they were women oh, and it was I so see. rare. But there were, I, I guess I don't really know. I, how to I, I understand this. what you're saying. You're saying like, uh, men were trying to kill each other as well. It, it yes, wasn't like just a, like the a women uniquely were female about the competition. Yes. That, okay. Okay. So are we saying that humankind's are, desire are we, for power is to blame? <laughs> wow. Mm. Wow. Yes. Because it goes I mean, both ways. Desire to reign. Desire to reign. Okay, I'm going to call it because I know that we're running out of time. I think I'm going to blame the desire to reign, which kind of takes us back to the throne. So, sure. So, do you want to call it the throne or the desire to reign? What do we want? Desire to reign, aka the throne. And I'm going to slap. I'm going to slap bad communication. I'm still. I'm sticking (laughs) to it. I just feel like if you meet one on one, it humanizes you. You know and. Perhaps there could have been some kind of resolve or, or that they, you know, some terms that they could have come to. I imagine Mary sort of spilling a little tea on her dress and Elizabeth being like, oh, that's a guy happens to me all the time. And, <laughs> and, you know, there's just like a little bit of like, <laughs> you know, humility that kind of exists yeah. there. Or One of the dogs. Elizabeth pops pulls out, of the out a dog and they both show their dogs. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Uh, I'll yes. tell you, the do- dogs are such a great icebreaker. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to call it. Bad communication, you're getting the big slap. The desire to reign, a.k.a. the throne, you're going to the alarmist jail. <sighs> well, we solved the monarchy. We solved all the feuds. Uh, <laughs> if only they had come to us, uh, no blood would have been shed. Mm. You got to just zap, if you were to zap Mary's desire to reign out uh-huh. of her brain. Then then we would all be okay. Yep. Um, Kate, thank you so much for joining us and helping us figure out who's to blame for this epic feud between cousins. This was so fun. Thank you so much for having me. I learned a lot. Lots of laughs. I think we solved a lot of issues. This is so great. <laughs> <laughs> so we're here right. for stop stop uh uh reading climate news okay and, and and invite that pen pal over for some scones that's right <laughs> yes <laughs> just say no to scones i can't believe scones didn't, yeah. get, the, <laughs> scones didn't get the big slap for me <laughs> After Mary, Queen of Scots' execution, Elizabeth died childless in 1603. Mary's son, James VI of Scotland and first of England, ascended to the throne and was the first to rule a united British kingdom. The Stuart dynasty came to an end in 1714 with the death of James's great-granddaughter, Queen Anne. you think is to blame by going to the alarmistpodcast.com follow us at the alarmist the on twitter at the alarmist podcast on instagram or email us at the alarmist podcast at gmail.com tune in next week we'll be discussing the jfk assassination
powered by ACAST. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.